This podcast is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for up-to-date information regarding this podcast and all the other awesome podcasts that we produce. If you would like to learn more about the podcast that we produce, visit fsproductions.ca. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm going to take a couple moments here and thank the people who make this podcast possible. So a very big thank you to Barbara Emerson, Wanda Smith, Tierra Penner, Tori Smith, Quinn Rupert, and Jeff Perry. Thank you guys so very much. You are awesome. If you would like to be one of these awesome individuals, consider donating to the podcast through our Patreon page. You can do that at patreon.com slash fsproductions. There will also be a link in the episode notes, so if you would like to check it out, I highly recommend you do. We have lots of cool things happening on our Patreon page right now, like new podcasts and stuff like that. So yeah, thank you to everybody who is currently donating to the show on a monthly basis. You guys are awesome and you help make this podcast the best podcast that it can be. The website again is patreon.com slash fsproductions and there will be a link in the episode notes. If you're looking for a free way in which you can support the show, consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you leave a rating or review, it would be greatly appreciated. Or you could tell a friend or post about it on social media, whatever you want to do. It's greatly appreciated. We do not pay to advertise this show, so all of our growth is through word of mouth and stuff like that. So that'd be awesome if you did that. If you are fans of the show, consider signing up for our monthly newsletter. Uh, You can find the sign-up page at fsproductions.ca. It's the very first thing you're going to see when you visit the website. The monthly newsletter comes out on the first Monday of every month, and it contains things like a podcast release schedule, um, and it also contains all the previous month po- previous month's podcasts that got released, and that gets uh, gives you a link to each of those, and it also just keeps you up to date with what's happening at Froggy Style Productions. If you are signed up for the newsletter, you will know that this podcast was actually supposed to come out yesterday. We are a day late on this, and I apologize for that, but uh, I went on vacation, and I had a lovely time in Canmore with my girlfriend, and I brought my laptop, because I always bring my laptop on vacation, and I'm always like, I'm going to work on stuff while I'm on vacation, and then I obviously never do, because I'm on vacation, and that would be silly, so that is why this podcast is a day late. Uh, So thanks for forgiving me, I guess, or even if you didn't know it was supposed to be released yesterday, uh, nothing happened then. Uh, While you're at the website, uh, fsproductions.ca, check it out. All the podcasts get posted there. Uh, We did a redesign on it a little bit, so I think it's a little bit more user-friendly. And also there's a lot of supplementary content that goes along with the podcast, so check out fsproductions.ca. I would like it if you did, and it's a pretty cool website, so fsproductions.ca.
On this episode of Groove Talk, I am joined by Ben and Quasi, and they make up one half of the synth power pop band based out of Calgary here, Howls. I had a really awesome time talking with Ben and Quasi. It was a great conversation. It flowed freely. We talked about a bunch of cool musical subject matter, including like the effect that technology has had on how we listen to music and how we talk about music, and also the effect that technology has had on how we release music. Uh, it was lots of fun to kind of like nerd out about that stuff with these guys. Um, they actually just released an album at the end of October called Efflorescence. It's uh, really cool. It's a five-song EP. Uh, the, the artwork's really cool with it. It's got like a real cool like neon retro vibe, and the music is awesome as well. It's very different. It's very unique. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of like ethereal vocals with like lots of layers and cool production techniques. And there's a lot of different influences that you can tell uh, went into the making of this EP. And we talk all about it in the podcast as well. Uh, if you would like to listen, get a sample of the EP, you can listen to the song Hymn at the end of the episode. And that's H-Y-M-N, not H-I-M, but uh, it's off the EP. And yeah, you can listen to it at the end of the episode. It's real cool. It's a real great song. If you would like to purchase the EP or the song, you can do so through Bandcamp or Apple Music. You can listen to it on Spotify. It's everywhere. There's also links in the episode notes of where you can find it. And also, I have links in the episode notes of how you can get in touch with, uh, with the guys at Howls. So all their social media information is in the episode notes. So if you would like to, you know, keep up to date with what they're doing, check out their social media stuff. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, this was a great conversation. I had a lot of real, I had a lot of fun recording it and I hope that you enjoy listening to it and thank you very much for listening. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Uh, welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this episode, I am joined by Ben and Quasi, and they both make music under the moniker Howls. That is correct. That's I got right. that right. Yep. Yeah. Nailed it. My awesome. Uh, so just before we get into this, why don't you guys kind of introduce yourselves, tell us what you do in the band, and maybe give us a little bit of background information? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm Ben. I basically started releasing music under the name Howls uh, when I was learning how to produce and had some songs I had written. I want to get those out into the world. And uh, I uh, now do some of the writing. We are pretty evenly, we all kind of contribute now. Yeah. When, yeah. We're, when we're writing the songs yeah. and stuff. But I do the guitar and vocals and I write lyrics and stuff. And um, then I do some of the production as well which uh, my man Kwesi here helps a bunch with. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself, Kwesi. Cool, yeah, um, I'm Kwesi. Um, I am kind of the newest member to the band. Um, I can't even remember now. Has it been a year yet? I Not, feel like it was last I, February. Yeah, I think it was... Or this February. Like, really early this year you joined. Yeah, so it's crazy. It feels like it's been way longer, but, I mean, COVID's kind of made everything feel like it's a time warp. It does. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I came in as, uh, as the bass player, 
Um, I knew our other members, uh, the other Ben and Jordan. Yeah. Um, we've got two Bens, go figure. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I knew Ben and Jordan from, from way back in the day, and we used to jam together. And then I got a text, and it was just like, hey, like, you want to come join this band? And yeah. I was like, you know what? Why not? Why, why not? Like, we'll give it a try. And then I met Howells here. And um, yeah, it was, it was just awesome, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a chance to... It was like immediately worked, which yeah. was great. Like, cause we didn't know what we were going to do. We had lost our other bassist. He just like was kind of wanting to just chill and do his own thing. So Quasi came up and it was just like a perfect fit. And it was super helpful as well because like we had a bunch of technol like technological things that we had to figure out in terms of how we're going to do our live shows. Cause uh, we have backtracks and stuff we ran with and he's, you are super tech savvy and like immediately helped us figure pretty much all that out. And we had to get some gear that we didn't know about, and yeah, basically Quasi's just like, yeah, I figured it all out immediately. Here we go. <laughs> so that was a godsend. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of my jam. I, I grab a, a piece of technology, and it's like, okay, let's see how do we make this work. And well, usually when I grab a piece of technology, it's like, okay, I'm told it can do this. Yeah. What are all of the other things that it's not supposed to be able to do that I can do with it? So <laughs> yeah, it's typically how things go. But you know, in the long run, we're uh, we're getting stuff together. Like we got a, a backtrack show synchronized with lights that's coming up. So our live yeah. set is going to be mint. Yeah. I'm really stoked <laughs> so. for when live shows are a thing again. <laughs> yeah, that's I never, awesome. I never know what to say when people ask me like what, who plays bass and stuff. Cause like, well, Quasi plays bass, but he also plays lights and he also <laughs> plays technology and the computer and produces. So yeah. yeah, he wears many hats. Yeah. I used to actually, I, I used to have a roommate that was exactly like that. Yeah. And like, uh, we used to do like production stuff in our living room and he would just take stuff and he would like set it all up for me and he'd just be like, okay, go. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> very useful to have around. Yeah. Yeah, we need more people like you in yeah. the world. Like, I'm somewhat tech savvy, like because we do all our own production and stuff. But there's a lot of things that are like sort of beyond my ability to confront because I'm just like I have no idea how to do that. And there's been a lot of times where Quasi's just like, like right before you came here, for instance, we were figuring out how to sync up the lights uh, with the backtracks and the tempo of the other songs in our show, and I was like. I would love to be able to do that, but I don't even know where to start to figure that out. So fortunately, we have Quasi, who's the man. Awesome. Yeah. This is me giving a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, so you guys are a four-piece band then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We are now, I should say. Like, okay. In the, it's been kind of a strange journey so far because, like, I started, like I said, just kind of recording things on my own, and then I'd get the odd performance opportunity like I was based on Lethbridge at this time and um uh the music director or the guy who runs all like the live shows and stuff was this guy named Riley Miller and he gave me an opportunity to play like their last class bash thing um so he just like a month prior to that was like hey man do you want to play because I had sat down with him and talked about music marketing and stuff he was pretty knowledgeable with that stuff and uh, yeah, he just like, gave me the offer. I was like, uh, yeah, but let me just go find all the musicians really quick. <laughs> so I just kind of like ring up a, a, a group of musicians. Um, I had a guy named AJ Jameson play with me, who's still based in Lethbridge, really good vocalist. Um, another guy named Joel Baskerin, who's a really good uh, like gospel drummer and stuff, also based in Lethbridge. Um, and then my, a guy named Matt, who's a great jazz bassist, whose name escapes me. And my other buddy, Martin Suarez, who's also like kind of like a quasi but not quite as tech savvy so now this is kind of the first time we've had like a good solid group 
Um, but yeah, it's a it's a quartet, and that was how you answer a question really long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, as a podcast host, I love it when people answer questions really long because it <laughs> makes my job a lot easier. So. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the worst podcasts are when you like ask a question, and they're just like, yeah. And they just sit there, and there's a <laughs> little bit of... Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, elaborate, please. But, Morse code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to get this out of the way, uh, I guess for those listening, how would you guys kind of describe your music yeah. that you make? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that question's hard. Um, whatever we feel like throwing at the wall that day. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to quantify into being like we are this genre and i guess i'll let you talk a little bit about what we've done so far but. yeah yeah i mean uh, what in in this in 2020 so far we have uh done kind of straight standard stock rock um you know your your typical guitar bass vocals and drums um then we've got a lot of stuff with keys um you know more Almost ballad style. It's not, not yeah. like rock ballads, like, but definitely that instrumentation. If yeah. I had to put us into one box, I would probably say we're like modern power pop. Okay. Power yeah. pop yeah. being like we have songs that are, a lot of songs that are sort of in like a traditional pop for uh, structure, but um, we definitely put like more modern production um, mm -hmm. into it and we have some keys and, and stuff like that but uh, we have some outliers as well like yeah, we just released an EP yesterday on the 30th and we have a track on there called Him which is Quasi uh, mm -hmm. was probably about half that song because I just had a little guitar riff that I wanted to do and like a general chord progression and I knew I wanted to turn it into something, but I didn't know what. And I ended up sending it to Quasi, and he put a bunch of sort of like ambient style production onto it. I don't think you even sent it to me. I think you just had it in the Google Drive as an idea. Yeah, I think you're and right. And I was just digging through one day, and then it was like, oh, this is kind of a this is kind of a cool thing. And I just threw the threw the little riff into Logic. Yeah. Uh, slapped on some some drums, and then I I slapped on a whole bunch of crazy like rhythmic uh, delays on the drums as well, and it yeah. just wound up creating this really cool effect it's like oh, this is so cool yeah so like that's not a rock song at yeah, all i would that, say that song actually we we don't have a live band recording of it yet that that yeah. song actually started in the box and we actually have a completely different version uh for our live set now because mm -hmm. it started as an electronic project and now we've turned it back into a rock song after the fact yeah which i think is so much fun because that's that's part of what i love about creating with with howls is just we have this way of throwing stuff at the wall and then coming up with three or four different ways of interpreting the same material and we just get that much more musical mileage out of it yeah like i i feel super like blessed to have you and the rest of the guys in the band too because like you guys have a few years on me but like you're all as a result i've learned a lot playing with you guys because you're like more seasoned in terms of like music, playing live and and uh, collaborating with other people than i am so it's been really cool to do that like and with that song something that we did that was cool is that like after we had finished the production of it and it was kind of recorded and finished we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it live because there's quite a lot of production and it's like I said, really not a rock song, and uh, we weren't sure, like, you know, how is our drummer going to contribute to this, because there's a lot of parts in the song that don't have drums or electronic drums, and uh, we just kind of jammed it out until we found, like, a live version of it, so I'm really excited to actually record that and kind of release an alternate mm -hmm. version, because I think it's, it's really, like, it's a different song, but it's, 
it's really cool. So hmm. that's been super rewarding as well, just like figuring things like that out with you guys. And I think, you know, as, as far as, you know, what genre do we fit in? Like, yeah, we've got that, that electro pop. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like electronic rock, I would call it. Yeah, there's it. definitely yeah. rock influences. The, for sure. The yeah. beauty of it is that it it spans or it straddles enough genres that we can do remix. Like we have remixes and stuff going. On. I've I've remixed like half of our EP already. Yeah, <laughs> just for fun, right? It's just yeah. like, oh, what else can we do? But it's that that fact that we can go like we can morph from one genre to another. Where it's like, okay, we want it more rock. We want it more electronic. We want it more this, more that. Yeah, you know, and we can throw in like weird jazz chords or jazz progressions as well. But mm they all kind of morph back to, to become this chameleon. So I think that's the, and Cody, the fun I'm, about it. I'm sure that you've experienced this now. I was just talking with somebody yesterday about how it's so like, that the way that you talk about music with people nowadays is a lot different than it was 10 years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, you know, 10 years ago, you might be able to ask somebody, oh, what kind of music you like? And they might say, you know, I like pop or I like rock. But it seems like now people never give one answer they're like oh i listen to a little bit of this and a little bit of this it's like everyone's kind of listening to everything now yeah there's nobody there's nobody out there who's just listening to well maybe there are but i i haven't met a lot of people who are listening to one genre of music you know yeah. what i mean it's most most people you ask them what kind of music do they like and it's like most mostly the answer you get is everything but country <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so to counter it i have met quite a few people who only listen to one genre yeah but they're 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what the genre is that they're listening to yeah yeah, yeah. it's just their spotify playlist and that's yeah it, right? yeah <laughs> i'm wondering if that's why that our music tastes are becoming like more like a, a varied is because the way that we listen to music is a lot different now because it's you know mm algorithmically generated by playlists and stuff opposed to you know flicking on the rock radio station or the pop radio station mm -hmm. yeah or going and buying a physical disc or a cassette uh -huh. that has one style of music from one artist on it right yeah. Yeah. yeah like most people the way that we consume music now is most people I think are using Spotify right mm -hmm. um, and yeah like that'll like Spotify is both an amazing thing and like I don't know. Well, I, I shouldn't say a terrible thing, but I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely been positives and negatives. It has its drawbacks. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has its drawbacks. But like, because like I've always been like an album person. I love mm -hmm. an album. I love listening from start to finish of an album. Yeah, and it's really hard to do that with Spotify because it is also because I'm probably one of the only people in the world who's not paying for Spotify. But <laughs> well, one of the also like. One of the dangers, I would say, of Spotify is that it's changing the way that people mu listen to music and it's rewarding certain types of music releases. Mm -hmm. So, like, the algorithm rewards um, consistent releases. Mm -hmm. So, as an artist, it's often more beneficial to be releasing a single per month than it is to release a 12-track album once a year. Yeah. And I've definitely I've talked about I've talked to people about that, and they've switched the way that they do release music to yeah. that format. They're releasing more singles, and then say at the end of the year they'll release an album, but it's just a collection of those singles, right? Because yeah, yeah why why sink a year of your time into an album that's only going to get hype for like maybe a month? Yeah, when you can be getting consistently consistent hype for each single that you release. Yeah, it's like the know? return on investment isn't what it used to be, and unfortunately. Be I mean, it's great that technology has basically lowered the bar to enter into music, but it's also created so much content, yeah. and that's made marketing even more important than it used to be because to stand out, to cut through the noise, is 
the hardest I think it's ever been. Mm -hmm. So you really have to take some of those things into consideration when you're making music because it is going to affect how many people hear your music. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard as well because I think, you know, it takes so much more front end planning on, on the part of the band, you know, like with the whole releasing a single instead of an album, I'm looking at, you know, Dark Side of the Moon or like anything Genesis did or Rush Mm. where you have these concept albums where you've got collections that are meant to be listened to as an album start to finish and and they're meant to be experienced as one sonic journey and you know that I think that is one of the detriments of of modern music platforms right now is we've lost that that whole side A side B mentality mm-hmm. you know the the break in the middle flipping over the cassette where mm-hmm. it's like okay that is the pause you know like it it is a very different landscape now yeah. and yeah the the technology does drive how we listen absolutely it's like the the movie experience is different now too right they don't have intermissions and yeah it's like a different mm. different watching experience well, it's changed you, the art form you, a bit you, you you watch movies from like the 80s and stuff like that and there yeah. are like scenes in there that just like don't drive the storyline anywhere they're just yeah. like hanging out and stuff and you're like what was the point of that scene because that <laughs> yeah. would never exist in a movie today yeah it's so like, true because I, I don't know if it's like people's attention span but like it always has to be like go 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 you know like yeah. Yeah. But uh, just so everybody is clear, there are still some of us out there who fucking love an album. That's so right. <laughs> <Yeah>. don't forget. <laughs> Please make music for us yeah. because, man, I I really, really appreciate like a good album. Oh, like, yeah. I, you know what? To, to be honest, I think that everybody does. But yeah. one another thing is that like because of social media and, and other technology, I think people's attention spans are shrinking in terms of content because it's a lot more rewarding to you know find one thing you're like oh cool that made me feel good let me go and try to find something else that makes me it's like sort of like an instant dopamine hit then you're just trying to recreate that feeling and like to confront sitting down and being like wow this album's 55 minutes let's go you definitely have to be trained to, to learn how to appreciate it these days but i think a lot of people who didn't grow up like when you had to listen through an album, they are missing out on like Mm -hmm. some great things about listening to music. Like one of my favorite things is when you're familiar with an artist and you know, like some of their big songs and you're like, I'm going to check these guys out more. Oh, here's this album. And I like a couple of songs and I'll listen through And then you listen through and you're like, Oh, I've never heard this song before. Mm -hmm. And it just like hits you the hardest out of all of them. And it's not necessarily the most popular one, but to you, it's just like so impactful. Mm. Like that's, something that I'm super grateful for and has in uh, like affect me musically as well. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely been a, a necessity for me. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, it's crazy how technology has like changed the way that we like listen to music and how we appreciate music and stuff. And like, I feel like I'm kind of in like one foot in, you know, the oldie style and then yeah. one fit in the, because I'm 30. So it's like, I was yeah. kind of before the internet slightly, you yeah, know what I mean? it's like so. right on the cusp. I, I feel that way as well. Somewhere. No, I just feel like an old man. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're kinda, 10 years pre-internet. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of like in between me and Quasi, so you're like right in the middle. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I, you, you did mention it a little bit, like how you kind of have to be on your social media game now. Yeah, I, I would say that you guys do have like a very 
kind of like cohesive brand you know what i mean and like it kind of sucks that you have to talk about a band as like being a brand nowadays but like that's kind of what it is you know what i mean yeah it absolutely is i mean like it's uh different now because like back in the day when record labels were like the doorkeepers to the industry there was obviously like a lot of problems with that but one of the great things is that if you were lucky enough to get picked up the band or the artist could just kind of focus on the music and then you'd have somebody else handling the business because mm-hmm. it is a business yeah they'd have somebody else handling the marketing and the branding and the pr and all that stuff but now that like i said earlier the bar has been lowered to enter in there's so many people who like us are kind of doing everything themselves like self-managed and handling their own production and marketing and all that stuff and like if you can hand off responsibility it's super helpful but like a lot of the time when you're starting out you're gonna have to keep those things in mind because like you are a brand and like if you want to be legitimate and appear legitimate like you have to think take those things into consideration but i thank you by the way for saying that we have because i do like keep that in mind i'm like have like you know even with our music like i said we do a lot of different we have a lot of different influences but Mm -hmm. i think that with this last album specifically now that i'm you know collaborating with you guys like we really found a much more cohesive voice than i had noticed on any of the other prior releases that Mm -hmm. i had done so it's uh, just with time, I think I, we're slowly sort of finding our voice as artists mm-hmm. and uh, finding our image as a brand and, and all that stuff and figuring out what we want to say and, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. I would just say, like, um, I noticed just, like, looking through, like, your last couple EPs and stuff, like, all the artwork is very, like, cohesive and it's yeah. all, like, very similar and it has that cool, like... I don't know, like retro, retro, like neon flare to it or something, which I really like dig. It's like real yeah. cool artwork. So yeah, well, actually the guy who did that is this guy named uh, Andrew Page. He's a tattoo artist out of Lethbridge. Um, I can't remember the tattoo studio he works out of, which is bad because these two tattoos actually he gave me in that place. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I met him. So I was like, wow, I love this guy's art. So I asked him if he wanted to do the covers for the first and second and I think that was good because, like I said, I did those prior to meeting Quasi and the rest of the guys, and like that was sort of still my own project. And the reason I rebranded as we were gonna do this new release is because we're basically a new band now. Mm. So uh, I figured, you know, new band, new image, new new everything. So, yeah, awesome. Um, touched on it a little, like, um, so what are you, some of your guys' influences? I'm just kind of curious to hear because. Like, I hear, like, from, from listening to your, like, most recent EP, the one that you released yesterday, like, I hear some certain things that I think... Oh, I'll be interested to hear to hear that as well. Why yeah. don't you start? So I would like to I'd be interested to hear oh, what your man. influences are. <laughs> Where on earth do I even start? Um, man, I mean, I... Like, in high school, I was, like, you know, the, the punk rock hard rock, anything with the word rock in it that was not light or soft. Oh, we should also um, specify that Quasi plays literally all the instruments. Like, he plays, <laughs> you play bass in the band, but, like, you yeah. have a degree in, like, guitar performance, yeah, don't I, you? Yeah, I have a, a... Well, actually, my degree is actually in history and theory, music history mm. and theory. So, yeah, I'm, like, classical guitar was my, my instrument at university, but... Right. I actually have a degree in the theoretical side, which is probably why I love all the tech stuff now, because it's Yeah, like, and you can burn, like, eight hours just, like, playing with analog synthesizers, oh, yeah, too. Yeah. So. Oh, man, don't, even, <laughs> don't get me started on analog synthesizers, because I will not stop. But you started with rock, eh? Yeah, uh, well, rock and, and then techno. So, I mean, like, back in the day, it was, like, uh, like Eiffel 65 and, and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Like that, right? <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, and then kind of moving, is like, ATB and Tiesto, Darude. Um 
and like uh, groups like Project 86 or uh, Under Oath. Um, mm. And I think actually that was probably one of my first concept albums that I that I really um, understood as a concept album was Project 86's uh, Truthless Heroes, which was essentially, uh, as the lead singer called it, he said it was a, a story told in 13 chapters with four commercials. So there's 17 <laughs> oh, tracks. Cool. And yeah, there was like little <laughs> segues in between. But the entire thing, it was like the story of this kid who's born into this world of commercialism and it's him growing up and all of the different influences of the world and different people telling him different things and his experiences and he comes to the end of his life mm. uh, kind of reflecting back on everything he's learned and it's like crazy powerful and it was like man like i want to make something like that and That's i think awesome. that that was a huge influence for me so you know, Wicked. I started started learning guitar in high school, and like it's like I'm going to be like Project Eighty Six, and, <laughs> and then like you know Linkin Park and, and bands like that started coming yeah. out with like the the hybridized. It's like oh, the oh, electronic yeah. and the rock together, and yeah, Linkin Park yeah. definitely messed a lot of people up with that. They're like, oh, what man. is happening? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was funny because like there was that side of me, but at the same the si same time, there's like all the classical influence and the jazz influence. Uh, like all the reggae influence. My dad is—he's been doing a radio show for eons. He does right? radio show too. Oh yeah, yeah. He's on—he's on CKUA. Oh on no way. Saturday. He's on probably right now. Oh no, he, his show just ended. That's uh, hilarious. Saturday is one till three on CKUA. Tune in to Leo Cripps <laughs> for Journeys. Was he doing <laughs> Shameless that? Plug. Was he doing that before Reggae Fest? Uh, he was actually on uh, another show at, at CJSW, the university station called yeah, Caribbean yeah. Linkup. Yo, so he, shout out to CJSW. They yeah. Just, they uh, they do a lot of awesome stuff for local bands. They and one do. of the things that they just did for us and a, a few other bands is that they'll send all of your uh, EPs. If you burn like a bunch of EPs, they'll send them out to all other college radio stations. So if local bands don't know that, get on that. It's super helpful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, CJSW. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Support local. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but uh, yeah, so my, my dad did like a whole bunch of reggae shows. Still does that. Um, and so, you, so you're into reggae too. So Well, I mean, it was just kind of by default. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest reggae guy. But is your, is your dad from Jamaica? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Straight, straight from the island. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like we got, I, I have that influence just sitting back there. So I think that's, you, you know, that South Park episode, like I never watched South Park, but I know this, this clip because like everyone has to show it to me or it's like <laughs> the, the, the regular four are all there and yeah. they're like, want to start a band. Oh God. Yes. To black friend. <laughs> and it's like, okay, man, you're going to go play bass. It's like, dude, I don't know how to play the bass. I don't even own a bass. Ah, dude, we've been over this. You're black. Like, go to your dad's basement. You'll find a bass. And like, then the kid goes, he's like, hey, what do you know? There was a bass in my dad's basement, right? All right, now give me a sweet, tasty lick. Dude, I don't know how to play. Ah, we've been over this. You black. And then the kid starts playing. Oh, and like he just fleshes out this crazy sweet lick just automatically, right? <laughs> Did you find a bass in your dad's basement, Quasi? No, I, I had to go buy mine, but well, um, my... So not all stereotypes are true, kids. Yeah, no. Uh, for me to... When I got my bass, actually, it was because I just decided one day, it's like, you know what? I need a bass. I went to the store, got a bass, like just straight up. And uh, it's still the same one I, I play today. It's my very first bass. That was your first bass? My first Dude, bass. you got the nicest bass as your it's, first bass. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet, pretty sweet thing. And I, I brought it home. No idea how to play it. Uh, so I just typed in like bass lessons on YouTube and Victor Wooten was the first thing to show up. <laughs> That's a good so first. just like... First okay. guy to try. So yeah, I had uh, I had half an hour for uh, half an hour with Victor Wooten, and then it was like, okay, like I'm on my way here. So yeah, that's kind of what 
shipped me off. I mean, so what was the name of that band that you said was really influential? Uh, Project Eighty Six. Project Eighty Six. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're familiar with them? I should Andrew check them Schwab out. and uh, and all the members that have been through that band, but they've been cool. going for a long time now. So right on. I don't even know if they're still going, but I hope they are. <laughs> I hope they are because uh, I haven't listened to them in a while. I should. Should boot them back up again. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, I, th- I don't know how, if this is the case with everybody, but it seems like a lot of people kind of start with rock, or at least a lot of people in bands. So that was kind of my story as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, I started out actually playing piano because my dad's a pianist. And then I had a friend when I was about nine who got a guitar and like got pretty good pretty fast. And I started playing with him. And like a year later, my parents got me a little classical guitar and I just kind of self-taught myself for a while. And I started to get into bands like, at first the classics, you know, Iron Maiden and Metallica and stuff. And then I started to get into a little bit more modern stuff like Avenged Sevenfold when I was a teen, when I was like 13. Uh, they were super influential on me because that was the first time I saw like a band, like a group of guys. I remember I watched their documentary All Access and like just was like kind of them as they were coming up as a band mm-hmm. and uh, like what that looked like being a touring band and stuff and that was the first time I watched and I was like oh my god I want to do that <laughs> so that was that was pretty influential on me and then like a lot of the, like there's some good Canadian bands too that definitely like influenced me musically like Billy Talent was a big one. Oh yeah Billy like, Talent's I, awesome oh yeah I've, I think I've been to like five of their shows or yeah. something and uh some of the guys that used to play with them too Alexis on Fire mm. um and then I think probably Oh yeah, when I was like 18 or 19, I started to get into more electronic music and that was sort of what started to pique my interest in terms of production. I found a guy who's actually my age named Maddion and he had uh, put out some singles and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. It was the first time I actually took any interest in electronic music. Before that, I was like, no, I like rock. And then, uh, yeah, I started to kind of delve deeper into the electronic side of things and... um, wanted to start producing because I was like, well, I can't make these sounds with a guitar or a piano or my voice. So I'm going to have to start to figure out how to use the computer to do that. And uh, that's kind of what started learning how to how to record and produce and all that stuff, which uh, Kwesi has since helped me learn even more about. But um, then when I started to take my music career a little bit more seriously a few years ago, um, my buddy sent me a song by the 1975 and I delved into their first album and no actually I didn't I just listened to their singles and then they came up with a second album and I was pretty impressed like I I really liked that they like that started to get me thinking about like branding and music as a business because they had this whole it wasn't just their music like they had a whole specific aesthetic for like the first and second album and then they had like all this art and sort of it was like a huge world and uh, I remember they put out there's a couple singles from their second album. They came up with somebody else, and I was like, whoa, this is dope. So I went to a show of theirs in 2016, and uh, they have, like, a really comprehensive light show and stuff, and it just sort of, like, expanded on the aesthetic that they had already sort of built and on the world that they were uh, kind of creating through their music and, and image and stuff. And I went to their show, and I was like, whoa, I'm th- not thinking big enough because I realized that these guys just had, like, this entire sort of community and uh, like I said, like image and sort of branding around them. And that really inspired me just in terms of that and being like, oh, like you can create like such a, and, and through the music videos as well. Hmm. Like there's like, you can create an entire world through your art and through your music. So that was like, at that time, I think I was like 21 or 22. And 
that was sort of like the next push I had where I was like, okay, I got to like take this seriously because there's a lot you can do with your art. So mm. those are probably like the big uh, sort of moments in the journey so far yeah. were those bands. Yeah, Billy Talent, those guys, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know, a lot of people, especially people who kind of like are in the, like start playing music, Billy Talent is a huge thing for them. Like yeah. I, I remember when the first Billy Talent album came out when I was in like junior high or whatever, and it was yeah. just like... You guys are so young. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was working at my first job and Billy Talent's first album came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, like... It's, uh, but like, it's interesting that you guys have like kind of those heavier influences too, because you can definitely hear that in the EP that you just released. Like, yeah, there's some, there's some points in the EP that when I was listening to it, it was just kind of like, this is like almost like a slowed down, like metal riff almost. And it's like heavy and it's cool, but it's like groovy and slow too. (laughs) Like it was it's it's like some neat points like that. And our our drummer Jordan is like. A yeah, big yeah. metalhead. Yeah. yeah, he's got the double kick running there as well, which I find hilarious that we've got a double kick bass drum pedal happening in, like, electro-pop, yeah. electro-pop yeah. stuff, right? But <laughs> so it, it's cool to kind of get that influence in there, too. And actually, we've already started, we've basically written all the stuff for the next EP and have started recording it. And in that EP, we have some, like, really heavy moments yeah. compared to the last one. So it's cool, and it's fun getting to span the gambit because, like, we all have different backgrounds in the band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do, I guess that's like kind of beneficial coming together as a group and like mm-hmm. it's it's creating something that you wouldn't necessarily be able to create on your own. Yeah, you know, I think absolutely. that's one of the the greatest things about the four of us creating music together is we each have our own kind of mindset and approach to our, our playing and our instrumentation. And because of that, you know, when we start bouncing ideas off of each other, we wind up with something where it's just like, oh, that's super cool because... You know, you, you try coming up with the coolest riff that you can, but then somebody else adds something that you wouldn't Never have been have. able to think of. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, man, it's like just elevates everything. And when you get that happening, you know, times four, yeah. Yeah. of course, it's, it's incredible at that point. So. Yeah, it's just like a special thing that you can't get on your own. Mm. And that feeling is like one of my favorite things, right? So that's mm-hmm. why I love, that's why I wanted to like create an actual group too, is because mm. like... I, I like writing stuff on my own. Like I don't hate it or anything, but like, I just felt like there would have been, there's so much more that we can do mm-hmm. as a group. And, uh, obviously like I, I learned way more working with you guys than I would by myself ever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's my favorite thing for yeah. sure. No, definitely. Like collaboration is one of the, like you said, there's no <laughs> other feeling like it when you, when you yeah. guys are all like in sync and you just like hit that jam and you're all mm-hmm. just like vibing off of each other and like yeah. you're making something that sounds super like that is one of the coolest feelings and I'm just getting like goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, I think that's basically how our, we, we, our, our EP was out what yesterday and like we yeah. already, we basically have the next EP written, but it basically was written just with yeah. us jamming stuff out it's like hey i got a cool idea it's like okay well i'll add something to that and yeah we run it through a couple times and, and that's the know. dream too because it's also a lot less work like if mm, i yeah for example like i'll have a chord progression i'll bring it and be like hey guys i have this thing that i like want to i'd like i think we could build something around and then mm-hmm. i'll just play it and then we'll just write it mm-hmm. and it's like great there it is it's done mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's the best yeah, and I, I really dig bands like you guys because, like, you don't fit into any genre and you do take influences from all the genres, you know, and mm-hmm. it makes interesting music. You know, like, I've only listened to your most recent EP, but, I mean, 
it makes it so that maybe your next EP is going to sound completely different. Yeah. And so. I mean, like, we are a young band still. Like, we haven't been playing together for a ton of time. So we're still, I think, less finding our voice. Now, right? so, yeah, less than a year. And that includes the six-month hiatus of exactly. COVID, so. so, like, we're just recording and stuff at that yeah. point, which we did remotely mostly. So, But, yeah, like, I, I think we're still finding our voice to some extent as a band. But, like, that's something I'm really looking forward to as well is just, like, what that's going to turn into mm. as time goes on. And, like, as as much of a pain in the ass as it makes it when we're marketing because we don't like, it's hard to choose like what bands we sound like or like who we're going to market to. Cause we have a pretty like vast array of influences, but like, it's also what makes it fun and like mm-hmm. what makes me look forward to the newest stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't really know where it's going to go. Like I have an idea cause I know myself and you guys musically, but like that's kind of what's exciting for me is like just kind of seeing what it's going to turn into. Right. Mm-hmm. So you said that you kind of have the next EP like kind of like already down and stuff like that. So is there a reason that you guys are going from EP to EP or is there going to be maybe a full length album at some point or? I would say like my thoughts for this is like, firstly, we had touched on how it's a little bit more uh, rewarding in terms of releasing music to release small amounts more Mm. consistently so that was something that i had Mm. in mind like just for the release schedule like i handle a lot of the marketing right now so i'm trying to think like when we should release things and i'm having like i mean i'm still learning too like one thing that we did for this album that i wouldn't do again is like we released a single on september 25th alone in your room and then two weeks later i released the next single hymn which is like the kind of one that doesn't fit in as much as the, the others, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. rock at all. But I found that that was a little bit too recent to release another single. So like, I'm still learning, but like, I think it's cool to release EPs right now because every time we have a group of like four or five songs, then we can release, you know, a single one month, a single the next month, and then drop like the whole album and you get like three new songs at once. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like my solution for liking albums and wanting to, keep doing kind of larger format releases but still taking advantage of the things that streaming platforms do to reward consistent releases Mm -hmm. but to answer your question is there going to be a full-length album eventually yes yeah (laughs) i I think just to add on the the ep thing as well um it kind of in a sense goes back to that whole side a side b Mm -hmm. um you know kind of what what we've played around with is that you know efflorescence we just released it that's our side a Mm -hmm. and then we tie in our next ep ties back to efflorescence somehow so it it's in a sense like you're getting the full length album but it's in two parts just extended across time so and it's also a way that we can reward our listeners because Mm -hmm. it's sort of like we're gonna have um not inside jokes, but things that you're only going to understand on the next EP if you've heard the one that we just released yesterday, Efflorescence. Like, we really want to tie those two together, kind of like I did for the first two EPs that I released on my own. Like, they were both sort of, front, they were a pair, you know? Like, the art was similar. They I were written around a similar thing, and, like, they were both sort of me finding my voice as an artist. And, like, this last EP, and I think the next one is also going to be sort of really tie into each other because mm-hmm. it's, like, us as a band finding our voice and like definitely kind of grow into the next phase, but we've already kind of made plans for how we're going to tie them in like musically and like aesthetically with the art and like some video ideas and stuff. So yeah. Cool. And then that means, you know, when we're done with that, then, Hey, maybe we can take it in a totally different direction if we feel like it, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
gives uh, us gives us options. Yeah, I guess that is kind of the the benefit of releasing smaller chunks of music. It's like if you do want to go in a completely different direction, it's it's harder to come up with a large quantity of songs that all kind of fit together and like mm-hmm. vibe together and stuff like that. So it is, and like I don't think we're ever going to release like a jazz album, but it, yeah. you know, we might have <laughs> no jazz odyssey. <laughs> you never told me that when I joined. <laughs> Sorry, man, I don't know about the jazz odyssey yet. We could get there. You never know with this band, but like we might have like this was. What am I supposed to do with all my saxophones? <laughs> Dude, I love the saxophone. We'll throw it in. Um, like this last album or EP and the one that's coming up, there's like a good amount of, of rock influences, like especially between the drummer. Like he does mostly uh, like a traditional drum kit. But like I really enjoy electronic proje- production as well, um, which like I, we did throw in here and there, like on mm. the, the mixes on the new EP. But like, down the road we might have like more of that we don't know like if we want to go into a, another direction or experiment we might have like a set of songs that are going to be more electronic or or something else i don't know so yeah like you, you said it is to the arc tangent remixes that's right listen arc tangent <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he's my, uh, my shameless plug I, I i may as well do it here so uh i i have my own music projects as well yeah. which is why i know so much about the the whole electronic and, and tech stuff so yeah he does i release music, music under arc tangent which is my own project but i then you know use that skill set to yeah. remix the music that we do for howls yeah so. and you've also used it just mm-hmm. while like producing the actual regular tracks well, too that like, as well yes yeah, yeah which has been awesome because like i'll have sort of an idea of like okay i want to put some like electronic influence in here but like what do you think and then he'll always have lots of ideas for stuff we can do awesome yeah, yeah. i mean like some of my like favorite music that's been released within you know the past five years or whatever is that combination of like analog and electronic you know yeah like when when it's done well it's some of the coolest music that you can like listen to mm-hmm. like you yeah know, you take electronic production and you mix it with like a fucking orchestra or whatever and yeah, you play yeah. it over top of each other and it's just like totally I, I think that that's something that technology has allowed us to do and mm-hmm. it's cool to see like the cool like music that has come out of like the mix of analog and electronic yeah and like that's a big thing that i was uh influenced by as well as like i heard bands like that and i was always impressed and i liked how there were artists who were sort of pushing the musical genre the style it's like i haven't heard this before and i wanted to be part of that i wanted to be part of somebody who was experimenting and like Mm. trying to push the music and the genres like to places they haven't been yet and like one of my ultimate dreams would be like if i had something to do with creating like a new genre of music yeah I'm sure there's going to be new genres of music eventually. I don't know what they're going to be, but like, I didn't want to be somebody who was just sort of like doing the same old. Like, I want to at least try to contribute to whatever the next form of music is going to be. So, like, so next practice, we're going to take my three output guitar, run it through <laughs> three different amps, yeah. run that signal chain back through that analog uh, <laughs> modular that I got, get the yo-yo filter going on. <laughs> this oh, is why I love Kwesi. Play the guitar with a violin bow. <laughs> yeah. Kwesi's <laughs> yeah. got all the technology, so there's no shortage of opportunities to experiment with stuff like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. So when, when you listen to the EP, did you have like ideas of what our influences might be? Uh, like I touched on a little bit, I yeah. knew that there was probably some sort of like heavier rock or metal influence on there because yeah. just some of the riffs off there were... Like I said, they were very, like, metal-esque yeah. in some of the guitar bits. And just, like I said, they were, like, kind of almost, like, slow kind of, like, uh, like metal riffs that you would find. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some, like, electronic influence on there as well. Um, yeah. With, like, uh, 
you know, just the, the production of it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a little bit of pop for sure. Cause it does yeah. sound very like spacey and pop, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my, my first impressions of the album for cool. sure. Well, that yeah. sounds like it nailed it on the head. So yeah. at least yeah. we're kind of doing something right. Like it is, <laughs> it, it is very different and it's very unique though, for sure. Like it's not, awesome. I, I haven't heard a lot. Like there are some, some bands in the local scene kind of doing what you're doing but nothing exactly like what you're doing thanks man yeah Yeah. so it's it's very it's very unique for sure that means we're doing something right if if we're finding that that unique space yeah yes we we own that space now yeah yeah totally so no that's awesome (laughs) it's 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 definitely unique but it's still uh like consumable yeah Yeah. like it's consumable for like your average person you know what i mean like anybody could listen to it and be like oh like i can get down with this you know it's not just like one of those kind of genres that's like super technical and only the most dedicated music fans are going to be into it you know yeah and like i have some artists that i like who are like that but like yeah I would say as an artist myself, at least with Howls, I wouldn't want us to be quite that far off into, you know, artistically another dimension where it's like, there's going to be a very, very small amount of people (laughs) who enjoy this, but they'll probably love it. Like, I want to push, like, artistically as far as we can go, but still remain, like, palatable because that's just, I don't know, I I want it to be, like, a fun thing, and I want, like, the shows to be fun and, and that, and I think... Mm-hmm. some extent we have to remain like you know there has to be that familiarity mm. so yeah thank you for the kind words man yeah of course i have to say like out of out of all the musical projects i've worked on like this is the one where i find myself whistling the tunes the most you know like yeah. it's just like ah we've got earworms right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've got earworms but they're like they're good earworms right? yeah like, I, i'm not stuck like oh my goodness i need to go listen to something else to get this out of my head this yeah is yeah. Like, yeah like this is something you can hum along to it's <laughs> it's simple enough but it's still like oh yeah now it's it's worth listening to a second or third time yeah, yeah. and that's why i think like every once in a while like with him which is kind of our less poppy track less mm-hmm. alternative it's fun to do that too because it's like it's not as poppy and catchy as like a song like alone in your room is mm-hmm. but like it allows us to sort of indulge uh, creatively and artistically mm-hmm. and like I think that even though we do go off farther in that direction it still sort of fits in with the rest of the song mm-hmm. so it's nice to have the opportunity to at least do that here and there yeah for sure and I like I mean I love I love it when bands do something unexpected you know like when you're watching a band live mm-hmm. and you know they've mostly been playing like maybe some sort of like pop set or something like that and then they randomly break out into something that's just completely different like they do throw in something that's a bit heavier so it's one of my mm. favorite things that's yeah a music fan you know it's just yeah. like when bands do stuff that's not expected totally yeah yeah i that's I'm the, the, same the whole point of music i mean even going back to like theory yeah the whole thought of consonance and dissonance right tension and resolution i mean that's you can take that micro cosm and you know go oh one chord to the five and back but you can expand that into two songs next to each other in a in a concert you know, yeah it's the same kind of idea right and i think well, that's one of the benefits of learning theory on a deep level like you have and i did do not quite to the extent that you did but like you like you can have those sort of natural uh, understanding of music where you're like, it feels good when I have a really easy to listen to part here and then a hard one, and then it makes the easy one even more gratifying when it comes along. That's like mm-hmm. basically what consonance and dissonance is. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different scale levels essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's been nice working with you because of that as well. It's because you kind of have like the very formal understanding of theory as well. So we can like 
analyze the th stuff that we're doing and kind of look at how we're making the song more musical or more impactful, you know? Mm -hmm. e if it's just, you know, going really quiet and then really loud or something like that. Yeah, but, even if it's just like small, small little tweaks in yeah, the Yeah, like the, the, pixies, were, or, the yeah. pixies were huge for that uh, yeah. soft, loud, soft thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, little things you can do to make the music more impactful. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Do you guys feel like you have a little bit more control over kind of like the overall feel of how an EP gets released because you are doing all the production yourself? Oh, yeah, like we have ultimate control, <laughs> yeah. really. There's, we had to do everything, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the blessings of the way technology is now, right? Yeah, like yeah. if this was the old days and we were lucky enough to get signed, then there'd be someone telling us, you can't do it like that you because it, like it this, won't yeah. sell as well. And we'd have to say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a cool thing about technology, again, is like, because, you know, a band like you can exist, do it all yourself, you do everything yourself, it's totally DIY. Someone yeah. like me can exist, putting out, like, some random show on the internet. Exactly. Like, you know, so. Yeah. It's crazy the things that technology has has allowed us to do, yeah. And one of the things that I like is that, like, you, I mean, I'm assuming the internet in theory, is forever. Like, I mean, something could happen that wipes it all out. But, like, I like that because now when I'm creating music, I'm thinking, like, this is part of, like, the legacy mm -hmm. of this, of us, like, as an artist because this will be here for a really long time, the mm -hmm. whole foreseeable future. And it'll just, anybody who has an internet connection will have access to, like, the art and the music that we're making. So mm -hmm. it's cool to be, like, well, this is just, like, one stop on, like, the journey of wherever the hell this band is going to end up going, so. We might wind up in a textbook one day, right? That's well, right. Textbook. <laughs> Text PDF. <laughs> what not to do when you're a band, no. <laughs> Hopefully not that textbook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so have you guys uh, done much live performance with this current lineup? Or? I have never performed with these guys yet. No? Okay. No, not outside like, of this room. Yeah, yeah not, I mean, right when Quasi came was like a month and a half before COVID hit. Yeah, pretty much. It was It was about February, end of January, early February yeah, that it so came like, on. So yeah, okay. we had maybe six weeks together and I was just learning Yeah, the you're still learning the pieces, point, so. yeah. So... Uh, needless to say, I'm really excited to play with these guys because back in the past, like I had mentioned, like I just get an opportunity to play, round up some guys, do our best, move on. But like we get like a few practices together, and now it's like we have backtracks. We're gonna have synchronized lights. Like it's like a real show now, a show that we could play in any venue if we were giving the opportunity from like you know a small bar to like a stadium like it's mm. that going to be that level of performance so like i cannot wait for things to start opening up again and to start like testing out the show because like we put a ton of work into not only how it's going to be musically but how it's going to be visually like i really want people to be able to have an experience that they can get immersed in because mm. mm. like i still remember the few concerts I've been to that have like really impacted me where it was just like such an immersive experience and like the music was amazing and like the show and like the lights and, and whatever, like those, those stay with you. Yeah. So yeah, I want to create that for people as well. And like, mm -hmm. I think that we're there now. So super stoked. Just got a little bit more programming to do on the compi over there. <laughs> I keep looking over at it. It's like, Oh, but I was, I was just working on those lights. Yeah. <laughs> got the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is, is, is the live show going to be very different from what you guys have recorded or no, it's going to be pretty, well, I mean, music going to be different. Yeah. So and him we can change up the set order, obviously. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, it's going to be pretty damn similar because like we have backtracks that we've, gonna incorporate into the show mm. which means that 
it's going to be, you know, excluding a few songs like him and stuff, mm-hmm. it's going to be very similar with, you know, maybe some liberties taken on the instruments we're playing as well, but like everything that's happening in the background. So it's going to be like same tempo, same sort of like vibe. We're going to really do our best to recreate it. The, the level of music sort of, yeah, the level, above, level of production yeah, should be the same or above. <laughs> it's kind of the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think actually one thing that I was working on the other day is I want to start live streaming the practices we're having here. Cause it's like, we have a professional sound setup going where like everything's running through a board and we have per, like lights and stuff here. So I'm like, we can have really great sounding and looking shows here. Mm. So that's, basically ready to go now as well so we're probably going to start that in the near future start live streaming uh you know at least for 30 to 60 minutes every practice oh, cool and that'll help us run through our sets mm-hmm. and uh just help us performers as well so yeah for really sure. stoked about that it also like invites you know feedback from an audience too. exactly like mm. if there is anything and i i know we were taking talking about it a little bit before we started recording but taken by sanity yeah i know that they're doing stuff like that right now and yeah yeah that's why i started be, following those guys because yeah. they were doing a ton of stuff like that and i was like this is awesome like very few people are doing that so yeah. it's cool to see people and uh, sorry it's cool to see bands adapt yeah. to uh a co like a pandemic world you know <laughs> like you know and a time when you can't go out to the bar and go see a show with all your buds or whatever and yeah. arm in arm but like people the, the musicians are adapting and like the music is still happening and they're still providing live performances mm. that you can just like enjoy at home <laughs> another guy who's doing an awesome job of that i don't know if you've uh, interviewed him i think you have his name's marcus trummer oh yeah 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 he's doing a really good job of that right now his yeah. band's still doing like social distancing concerts but he's doing a lot of live streams they just had a single come out uh yesterday yeah uh as well and he was doing like a live sort of single release party and he did like an hour set of just like playing just him but yeah. it's cool to see him doing it you know it's just like you got to just do it that's yeah. it and so i always see bands like that and like i admire that so yeah. that guy's a hustler too like oh, yeah he's, he is he's dedicated to be he's like i'm going to be a musician like yeah, he's also a monster fucking musician oh yeah 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 he's really he's, good guitar oh, player and singer he, he's so. really really good yeah for sure yeah no shout out marcus drummer he's dope yeah yeah um so uh, you, you kind of mentioned like you know you kind of like want to make your live performance like those performances that you used to see, the ones that really stuck with you. So maybe yeah. if you guys could give us like a couple of, you know, live performances that have really stuck with you. you sure. Quasi, oh, you got man. some? Um, oh, boy. Um, why don't you go first? Because I got to rack my brain for a second. Okay, well, the <laughs> first one that literally floored me was the first. I saw the 1975 in 2016, and they had an insane light show. Like they had three light pillars that had um basically they were like screens so they were square and all around was a screen and they would have different uh animations projecting on all of them and also a giant screen behind the entire stage so like one of for one of the songs they all kind of turned into like a cityscape and um you know sometimes the pillars would be doing different types of movements than like the background but it really like created a 3d feel for the environment and like they had a different sort of uh light show or like different background aesthetic depending on the song and it sort of would uh enhance what the song was trying to say or how it sounded Hmm. so it just really added like a huge level to the the show and i had never seen that before or really thought about that and to uh yeah i just remember going there and was like oh my god like i had never thought of how much uh a show can enhance the music 
And uh, that one definitely floored me. That's yeah. that was the biggest like most like holy shit moment I've had at a show. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I've racked my brain. I've come up with two. Uh, I've got one positive and one negative, actually. Oh, oh I'm so, excited. <laughs> so the positive one, um, I think it was back about 2012. It was a Jesse Cook concert. Yeah. Um, and he had just released his Blue Guitar Sessions album, which is still a, a fantastic album. One of my favorite albums. Like, Jesse Cook's great. It's like it's hard to pick favorites, but that one's a, a great album. And he was he was doing that show, and it was... You know, it wasn't crazy flashing lights or anything. It was very tasteful lights, you know, just slow fades and everything. But just the sheer musicianship, right? Um, you know, Jesse Cook was playing with uh, this guy named Chris Church, mm -hmm. who he he plays everything as well. Like, you know, you hand him an instrument and he's just mastered it already, <laughs> right? Um, but just the the sensitivity of of the performance you know and i mean they're yeah. still running the wires and, and the backing and everything else under there but mm -hmm. you know they they still had that genuine nature to it and it was just such a fun show you know the the performers looked like they were having fun it was awesome it was just so so memorable for me in that regard yeah um and then to contrast that, uh, I uh, I hope I don't get on anyone's bad side for this, but uh, I will never, ever support the Black Veil Brides because what a oh disaster! I know. Who's who's the the singer oh, Ollie Sykes? Is that, no, no, that, no, that's I don't that's even I don't even don't even tell me what their names are. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know. They're kind of like hard rock oh, boys for sure. They're posers through yeah. and through. <laughs> so uh, my sister, she was uh, about fifteen at the time. Um, so she needed the, the concert was at Mac hall up at yeah. the UFC. So, um, so I had to go chaperone for her. Uh, so, you know, I, I took her to the show, you know, it's her Christmas present. She got to go get tickets and stuff. So she's up at the front. She's yeah. moshing. I'm standing at the back, just not living a good time. <laughs> Disgusted, like vomiting in my mouth. Just, what, it was what, what so was bad. It? Tell me everything. So first of all, uh, it was supposed to be an all ages show, yeah. which it was not. Uh, and I just wanted to punch the lead singer in the face because he's talking about how he wants to like go and do like the after party and all kinds of stuff with all these girls in the mosh pit. I'm like, dude, my 15 year old sister is in that mosh pit right now. And you are as old as I, I'm, I'm 16 years older than my sister. So, uh, oh, yeah. No. So I was like, dude, you're like a 30 something year old guy with like, fake black paint on your fingernails Ooh. like you are a creep i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hurt you yeah there's a um, line for sure you know and again as a professional musician like i'm listening for stuff that probably the average concert goer might not be yeah yeah and i'm That's looking true. at this i'm like how are they running the sound and i'm noticing that their sound is coming from the front of house guy holding an ipad and pushing play <laughs> on that on that iPod. Oh no. Like nothing that was coming through the the speakers was being generated by the actual band. They were faking everything. Oh my they were God. they had like the headset mics faking it. They were they had the bass guitar. It's like, no, what you're playing, I am a bass player and I can see what you're playing is not what I'm hearing. Ooh, you're yeah. playing a fake bass. Everything was so fake. And by the end of the concert when they were tearing it down, as you know, like they want, they want to make the stage show look amazing. And so what they did, they had this big wall of Marshall, like the 1960A cabs, like oh, the big yeah. four by 12 cabinets, double stacked. So like, you know, one on the bottom, oh one on the top. Oh my God, that's so many eight, amps. Eight across, 16 
four by 12 Marshall cabs lining the back of the stage, right? Massive sound. And it was loud. The stupid hall was yeah. deafening. Where were you? Mac Hall? Uh, in Mac Hall, yeah. yeah. It was like well over 120 dB in there. It was it was insane. Uh, so. Classic Mac Hall. I'm glad that I had ear protection. Yeah. My sister's probably <laughs> deaf, but yeah. uh, at the end of this concert, which I'm already thoroughly livid about, <laughs> I'm watching the, the roadies start tearing down the stage, yeah. and they reach for one end of these marshals and begin peeling the poster <laughs> off of the cardboard boxes. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, no. there, there aren't even words. So <laughs> oh, I, I'm happy to, I am happy to say that, you know, uh, even though we're using backtracks, we are still playing yeah, our exactly. instruments live. Yeah. We can still screw it up. Yeah. We can still add stuff that <laughs> Oh, and don't worry, we will oh, screw yeah, it up. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, <laughs> That's why you come, baby. We'll throw in a few mistakes. mistakes just so that you know that we're playing live for real. Uh, yeah. But, like, we still have that ability to improvise. We still have that ability to create on the fly. Yeah. Which is clearly not what was happening with, with this other group. Uh, so Yeah, so that's that's also a thing. Like I definitely I think all of us kinda wanna keep our artistic integrity and I'm never worried about that because like you guys have that same amount of priority as I do in terms of like, yeah, like there's certain things we need to do to get the show that we want to have. Mm -hmm. Um but like we're never going to not be playing our instruments. Because that's, mm. that's why we fucking do it. Like, why would you not play yeah. the instrument? That's why we're doing it. Well, it's like you're just a monkey up there dancing around in shiny leather pants, Yeah, right? like, the, yeah. The, I don't know, that's the most fun part to me is, like, the playing. So <laughs> I don't know why you do it otherwise. <laughs> like, I feel like the thrill of performing is the, the possibility of you can eat shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Like, you can just, you can screw it up and, like, oh, yeah. that's what keeps you kind of going. That's why you get jittery when you get up on that stage, you know, like. It's, yeah, it's because you yourself are are putting yourself out there. Yeah, you, yeah. you are communicating. I mean, your instrument is essentially your voice that you're speaking with to the audience. Mm. So, I mean, in a sense, playing in a band is like public speaking. You know, yeah, it, it, you still have something to say. If you're not actually saying anything, there's no there's no fear, there's no worry because mm -hmm. you're not actually responsible. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I think there's that onus of kind of liability like yes this is us right we can do these things i think you kind of owe that to the audience too like you really mm -hmm. owe them a certain amount of vulnerability mm. absolutely like one to be relatable and two like they're paying to come see you right mm. like they're not just gonna if they want to hear the music they'll just listen to the recording yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. they come for the experience yeah. and to mm. connect right it's one of my favorite things is when uh when a band is up there playing and they play something that's like they're playing the song that's from an album but they're playing it differently or they're adding something and they're yeah. ad-libbing because like like you said if i wanted to just hear the music like it was on the album mm -hmm. i would just listen to the album at yeah. home yeah like, i'm comfortable i don't have to go out it's the beer's awesome cheaper, the right? beer's way cheaper <laughs> like, yeah. i go out because i want to hear something like different i want it i want yeah. that experience that's the reward of, like, for yeah, going through the yeah. trouble of coming right? exactly exactly i want to i want to have that connection with the band i want them to give me the energy that i you know like the, having the band up on stage like they feed off of the crowd and the crowd feeds off of the band so it's mm -hmm. a feedback loop you know like yeah so and that's what you pay for like mm -hmm. i feel like is that kind of energy and that feeling of you the band and mm -hmm. being in that crowd you mm -hmm. know so, absolutely yeah yeah man yeah there's that sense of flow or or uh what's the other word they use like when you're like 
right in that state where you're in the zone. Oh, flow is oh one yeah, of the yeah. Best. Flow state's the one that I'm most yeah. familiar with, but like it's the one like just when you're when you're up there and you are locked in and you're playing and like even the bandmates are feeding off of each other and feeding yeah, off the, like everything together and it's that synergistic sense of of euphoria really when yeah. you're in that space. Right? And as an audience member too, like it's it's amazing to watch that oh, yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Oh okay. yeah, I mean you can definitely pick that up as an audience member when you see a band yeah. that's locked in. Yeah. Compared to a band where it's like, oh well, it's this guy and his three other paid members. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. absolutely. There's a band called Lost Cousins that I saw at the Gateway about a year ago. They're a newer band from Toronto. Um, they just have one EP out, but they're fucking awesome. I didn't know who they were when I went to that show because they opened for Royal Tusk, and. Um, I knew Royal Tusk because I saw them randomly one time, like a couple years earlier, and I was like, who are these guys? <laughs> and that was actually, speaking about some stuff we touched on earlier, I knew some of their songs from the radio that were kind of poppy, and I went there, and they had a lot of really heavy shit, but, which is awesome because they were good at it. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I went to go see these guys, and there was a band called Lost Cousins, and they were, that's like probably the most, like that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And they're just like a new band. Nobody had heard of them. And five members, you could tell, just locked in. And, like, the show was unreal. Like, they sounded great. Good light show. Like, they're just, they're the shit. So, yeah, check out Lost Cousins because they rip. Yeah. yeah. It's like being in that moment where, like, you, like I said, when you know that it's not the music off the album and they are, maybe maybe they've practiced it, but it's improvising to you. You know what I mean? And there's, yeah. like, this one thing that's very clear in my mind. I was at this festival in like Costa Rica and I was listening to this band play and I knew the song and they were playing one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And like right in the middle of it, they just went off on this like crazy improvisation and it was like hip hop and like, it was just like, like insane. And it was like a 10 minute thing. And then they brought it around and finished off the song. And I was like, that was one of the coolest like musical experiences that I've ever seen. Wow. That's wicked. It was like, so, uh, the band's called rising Appalachia, but, uh, yeah. I highly recommend you check them out. Rising Appalachia. Rising Appalachia, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? You asked me about impactful shows, and I actually forgot to mention, like, that Lost Cousins show that I saw a year ago, really, because, like, that was right as we were starting to, like, get more settled in as a band. We had our old bassist, and he actually, I think, had just left us. So I was like, God damn, I got to find another bassist, which worked out. you found an old bassist. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, going to that show. Happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Uh, Yeah, it's my birthday today. Um, I went to that show and was not expecting much and was kind of bummed out because I was like, damn, I got to find another member. But that was like a huge motivator just watching those guys. They have like, they're like, definitely have some rock influences and shoegaze and stuff. And they did an awesome job about recreating that live because like they had, all five of them had mics. So huge sound, tons of harmonies. They had a sax player, uh, like all this like reverby goodness, but it was also mixed great. So like it just sounded awesome and you could really get uh, enveloped in sort of the musical soundscape that they're creating and that was just like yeah no i still want to do this nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh don't mean to put you guys on the spot or anything but have you had any moments like that or shows experiencing shows like that with any maybe local bands maybe less known bands and stuff like that i lost cousins isn't a local band but they're definitely less known let me think about bands from calgary i've only been in calgary for like a year and a half okay um 
Do you have I, any off the I, top of your head? Yeah. Um, so before I was with Howells, I used to play in a, in a band called Young Mike. Okay. Um, playing bass there as well. So, um, uh, and you know, we we kind of toured the local dive scene. We did Verns and and the Blind Beggar and stuff like that. Um, and there are a couple. Um, one was at Verns. Just I don't even know if these guys are still around, but they were called the Southern Hooligans, and like they were just so good. I, I don't even know how they were that good. <laughs> the drummer was playing a kit. I swear he bought it at Toys R Us. It was like this dinky little like sixteen inch kick drum with a tom slash snare and a single cymbal. It honestly looked like a toy. But he was drumming and he was doing backup vocals and they just had a bass player and a singer. It was just a three piece. But they were so good, just like R&B styles. Amazing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just fantastic. Uh, and there was another one at, uh, the, at the Night Owl. Is it still called the Night Owl? I can't remember. Night what it Owl was. doesn't exist it, anymore. It doesn't right? exist anymore <laughs> oh, for, for good reason in this case. Um, <laughs> so we were scheduled uh, to play as the the opener. Opener. It was a four band lineup. Uh, so we were the first band up, um, and we were essentially opening for Celestial Ruin, which I guess their drummer was from Calgary, and so they were coming through. It was drummer's birthday. They were doing this big awesome tour and everything. The promoter. Uh, apparently neglected to promote the show. And so uh, I got there. I was the first one of, of our bandmates to, to show up. And Celestial Ruin was already there. Uh, they were doing their setup and everything. So like, okay, well, I'll go say hi to them and, and get set up. But as we got closer to the start date, it was like, where the heck are all the people? Like, nobody came. So when Young Mike went up, we had maybe 20 people in the audience. That includes the other bands that were performing. Um, by the time Celestial Ruin got up, there were four of us in the audience. Oh, no. There was oh. nobody. It was me, oh, no. one of my other bandmates, and two other ladies. And one of them was, like, insistent on dancing. It was hilarious. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, the Shout thing, out to those people. Yeah. And, and, I mean, shout out to Celestial Ruin as well. Because, like, these guys were, like... The, what's the word I'm looking for? Commensurate professionals? I think that's the word I'm looking for. My thesaurus is broken right now. But these guys were like top-notch top professional. They played for four people like they would have played for 4,000 people. That's it awesome. was incredible. The the lead singer, she had like the, the wind machine. They were kind of like a goth rock band. Okay, And cool. she was like still in full costume and like still doing like all the hand gestures and like singing out as though she was playing the Saddle Dome. Amazing. And, you know, the bass player, he was rocking out hard, just like, it, it was incredible. It was yeah. like, wow. Where is everybody? <laughs> like, so many people are missing this experience. Uh, so I think the rest of us, we actually got together, like, we, we pooled the $20 we made collectively that night and bought one of their CDs. Nice. Because it was like, <laughs> you guys deserve this 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like that's the mark of like true professionals is mm -hmm. when they do, you know, they play the same for four people as they would for uh, crowds of thousands or hundreds or they, whatever. They like, are yeah. an inspiration for sure on yeah. how to be that that level of professionalism. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't remember names of specific bands that I've seen, but there's a few musicians like Marcus Trummer. When I first came back to Calgary, he was like, I went to a jam and I saw him and I was like, this guy's fucking good. Mm. Um, so he stuck out to me. Um, and then I don't know the name of the band, but I used to go to a jam that I think it's still happening. I mean, it was pre COVID called Groove Theory. 
Okay. And I think that's run by Jamil still. And I used to go there like back in 2014 or 2015 or something. And I saw a girl named Kate Melvina who's still playing around. She does a lot of like R&B stuff. And she was also someone I was like, damn, she's really fucking good. I don't know who she's playing with right now. Um, she's not super active on social media, but she's super good. I've seen her play with like a few different musicians. Those are both times where I've been really impressed with like local bands, local musicians. I don't even know if they were a band. Sometimes they just jump up with like random people and jam <laughs> out. I was like, how's it this good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's something about the, the kind of like the local scene too is it's, uh, it's so friendly and like everybody's willing to collaborate and just kind of like get in on things and I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of being... Like, I don't play in a band or anything. I just do this podcast. And, like, yeah. everybody's been so friendly and just inviting and accommodating. And, like, you know, they see you at your show. And they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, it's, yeah. it's such a friendly, cool scene that I just, like, never thought that I would be a part of. And That's with this awesome. podcast, I got, like, kind of involved in it. But That's wicked. And, I mean, it's small. So, it's, like, it's yeah. good because that's how we're going to grow it. Like, that's another thing that I would love to be a, to contribute to, like, with our band howls is that I'd love to be somebody that helps grow the music scene in Calgary and like put it a little on the map more, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the dream. Like to be um, like the Nirvana who put like uh, put Seattle, on, Seattle the on the map, like, yeah. and, you know, with grunge and all that, like it'd be really awesome to uh, contribute to your hometown, right? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, I feel like we could sit here and, you know, talk forever, but uh, we should probably wrap this up. So is there any kind of just final things that you guys want to throw out there? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having us on the show, man. It was yeah, a pleasure. Definitely. Thank you. That yeah. was an awesome chat. And uh, yeah, like check out the EP. It just came out yesterday. We would love that. It's my birthday today. That can be your birthday gift to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'll have like all the social media links and all the places where people can find your music. It'll all be in the episode notes as usual. So if you're uh, wondering how you can connect with these guys, uh, check out the episode notes. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me, guys. Our pleasure, my man. Yeah, this was lots of fun. Okay. Awesome. Also, I just should I should note this is the first time that I didn't have to. I still brought everything, but I didn't have to, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. so. We got you covered, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, we'll listen back to this, but this this podcast is a testament to our to Howell's working sound setup. Yeah, so this is all running through our gear. Yeah, so, so yeah. better sound so, good. Yeah, we hope so. We'll find out real soon, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Cody. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Black and white city. Follow me through the dark, you're mine.
If you like this episode of Groove Talk, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Help us break through those evil algorithms and reach the most amount of glorious listeners that we possibly can. For up-to-date information on the show, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find us at Froggy Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.